The following is a production of the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network. Hello, I'm Sho Ali. I am the host of UFBA Today. I, I wish that we could get that graphic, uh, and I hope you heard the music that goes along with it. I, hope, I wish we could get it to like play a little bit longer whenever we did these kinds of things, because uh, I do love that music. So thank you to the team that put that together, and thank you for being along here uh, on our, I guess, the inaugural Twitch edition of UFBA Today. I've long spent a long time on Twitch uh, watching various things, right? Like, I, I personally have used Twitch a, lo a long time to watch a lot of video games, and a lot of uh, people... Opening packs of cards, packs of basketball cards, football cards, baseball cards, and like hobby cards, like Pokemon cards and so on, right, over the many years. And uh, Elden Ring is very popular right now. I will never play that game because I'm trash at those games. But it is fun to be on the other side of the camera here on Twitch. So thank you again. This is UFBA Today. Uh, on this show, we like to talk about the NBA, fantasy basketball, and how it all kind of comes back to the UFBA and what the UFBA is, in case you're not familiar with our platform or with the league itself, the Ultimate Fantasy Basketball Association. Now, UFF Sports in general, as it stands, you can see the logo there uh, up on the top right, Ultimate Franchise Fantasy Sports, right? And what we like to do is professional fantasy sports, the simulation of as, as close as humanly possible to actually being, um, you know, a franchise owner, a GM, a scout, what have you, for an actual franchise, right? So I, my, my role at the UFBA and at UFF Sports in general is the head of sport for basketball, which means that in addition to the men's basketball side, which of course is the largest uh, league for men's basketball in the world, the NBA, a lot of simulation going on with that with the 30 teams, franchise owners, like I mentioned, GMs. Some some teams have multiple GMs, assistant GMs, multiple scouts, and so on, right? So it's very, uh, very complex, and I am grateful to everyone who is a part of it. And if you're interested in being a part of it as well, well, then this is the place to be. So UFBA today, we're going to talk a little bit about the going-ons of the past week. And we'll talk about a little bit about the things coming up, some things going on tomorrow, this weekend, um, next week as well. It's pretty crazy, generally speaking, just from a fantasy basketball perspective and from a uh, uh, an NBA perspective, that we are so close. We are so close to the end of the regular season. I want to say the regular season ends, It was. it's like April 10th, 11th, or 12th. I guess it depends on your team, right? Some teams might have their final game before others. But in that 10th to 12th range of April, which means it's March 17th today, so that means in less than a month, the NBA regular season will be over and we will be into the play-in round, which honestly has been a fantastic addition. I, I, I almost can't believe it took that long for the NBA to come up with something like this. Remember there was that conversation from... I guess it was last year, or the year before. It was. I think the conversation kind of started during the Orlando bubble when, uh, you know, when things got delayed in the very first stages of the pandemic. March 2020, things got delayed. Rudy Gobert was touching all the mics, and then you know, games started getting postponed. Tom Hanks had COVID and all sorts of stuff, right? And here we are, almost three seasons, almost three full seasons later, 
because uh, that's how I tell time. I don't tell time from January to December. I tell time by uh, the beginning of the NBA season to the end of the NBA season. So it's crazy to think we are almost here. NBA has had so many different discussions about uh, in-season tournaments, the uh, play-in tournament as well. There is a fantasy element for the UFBA to the play-in tournament because for us, for regular fantasy basketball leagues, let's start there. For regular fantasy basketball leagues, you would, in theory... Uh, stop. You would, in, in theory, stop at the end of the regular season, right? So right now, or maybe in a little, maybe in a week or so, the the push for the fantasy basketball playoffs has already started, certainly, and the playoffs would will end by the time the regular season ends as well, right? So in the UFBA and all the other UFF sports, uh, what the way it works is we, because it's as again, it's as closely simulated to real life as possible. Uh, the fantasy element continues into the playoffs, right? So in in our league, the playing tournament, there'll be well, we'll explain it a little later on, maybe closer to the playoffs, just because it's a little complicated, but. Uh, generally speaking, the teams that do not make the playoffs, you know, well, they don't make the playoffs, team that make the play-in tournament, they'll have all of the players wiped from their rosters, and then they get to draft from the pool of eligible players. The teams that are the one through six seeds get to keep their players, and then, there's, you know, there's all sorts of really interesting stuff for the play-in tournament, but again, we'll get into that uh, a little later on, closer to the, yeah, the first, second week of April, and we'll talk about it right here on this show. But today, uh, I have a little agenda here. I want to take a look at the standings across the UFBA. We'll do the same for the NBA as well. Talk about, you know, where teams are and where they'll get into. Uh, the the couple of events that happened that have uh, now been done. The uh, UFBA futures auction happened last weekend. And uh, I have a little recap article up on uffsports.com slash news. You can check that out whenever you want, really. But we'll take a look at it here uh, very shortly. The UFWBA franchise auction... Uh, it's happening starting tomorrow. Today is Thursday, March 17th. Friday, March 18th at 7 p.m. Eastern is the UFWBA franchise auction. So we'll take a look at that, discuss that as well. And, uh, of course, NBA news and notes around the league. Got just one really major one to talk about, but we'll talk about that at the end. So, again, thank you all for being here today. Uh, why don't we get right into it and move along to the standings. And you can see here on the standings, you know, when it comes to... The Bird Conference and the Magic Conference are just kind of cool because we got to rename those. Uh, I got to be a part of naming those, let's say, uh, earlier this year. Um, it's it's pretty it's pretty interesting to see how the the top teams have managed to stay ahead of the pack for the most part, all basically all season, right? I mean, in the Bird Conference, we'll start there. The uh, Spitfire Aviators, sixty-two and eight. They have managed to stay ahead of all the other teams in that conference basically all season. It's very impressive. You can see, see the record there. The Majesty have made a pretty good push as well. The Arctic Wolves and the Majesty have kind of been going back and forth all season long. Uh, but the Majesty are uh, just seven games back of the Spitfire Aviators as well. The Big River Ballers made a pretty good push in the last couple of weeks. Sharpshooters, Lucky 13, also rounding out the top six. So in the if you're looking at this graphic right now, the teams in the green spots, I say this every week, but I'll remind everyone here, uh, the teams in the green spots are the teams that would, if the playoffs started today, would make the top six seeds, right? That's how it works. The teams in the yellow, Crusaders, Metaverse, Mambas, Cosmos, and the Hyenas, are the teams that would be in the play-in tournament. And then, of course, like in real life, we get the seven, eight seeds from that. And then, you know, again, like in real life, the Aviators would take on the eight seed. As it stands right now, the Majesty would take on the seven seed and so on, right? One, eight, two, seven, three, six, four, five. Uh, and then the teams in red are the teams that do, do not make the playoffs, right? So there's still some wiggle room, I think, in the Magic Conference. But it would, unless something really drastically changes, it would seem that for the Crusaders... 
uh, and the Metaverse Mambas and so on. They're they're about fi- Crusaders are 15 games back of the hyenas. So unless something drastically changes, I I would imagine the 10 teams you see in the Bird Conference are the 10 teams that are going to be there over the next month. But then again, you know what? Like I said, just under a month of uh, actual basketball left to be played. A lot can change, as we've seen, right? If you look at the Magic Conference as well, uh, the Skyhooks and the Midnight Owls have been tied basically all season. Like, there was a stretch, I think, for maybe about a month where they were tied exactly. And the Midnight Owls unfortunately lost Chris Paul for the rest of the regular season. Looks like he probably will play uh, in the uh, in the playoffs for the Suns. So, hey, that's good news for the Phoenix Suns in real life and the Midnight Owls in the playoffs. And, I mean, look, the Midnight Owls are, are going to make the playoffs at this point. There's, there's I would be, like, I, I'm, I'm not sure if it's mathematically impossible, but it's basically impossible for the uh, Midnight, <coughs> excuse me, the Midnight Owls uh, to not make the playoffs with a speck of dust. I should really get some water for these kinds of things. But uh, so the Skyhooks, 65-5. and five. They have been the best team all season. Mooch's team, uh, the team that is laden with rookies, but also has guys like Tyler Harrow and Devontae Graham. And, of course, the king, LeBron James, who... And we'll talk about him a little later on more, but, man, LeBron is a monster, right? Like, sometimes he's a little hard to cheer for. Like, I'm a Raptors fan. I'm uh, born and raised in the city of Toronto, and uh, that 2019 championship will be something I can probably live off of probably for the rest of my life, at the very least, <laughs> because I, I probably never thought, especially in the, the days of, like, the early days of Chris Bosh and the days of, like, Rafael Arujo and, gosh, like, even, like, the days between Vince Carter and Chris Bosh when it was, like, Jamar, the Jamario Moon days and the TJ Ford days, I'm not crapping on those guys but when we were there I never ever thought I'd see that team win a championship so that 2019 ring will keep me uh where, where is it here it is uh it'll keep me uh see there it is got my little ring there uh for for all you interested <laughs> uh but that'll keep me warm for a very long time and uh LeBron James he uh is a fun guy to root for on the other side of things but he played the Lakers played the Raptors a couple nights ago and Scotty Barnes who funnily enough is on Mooch's team uh Scotty Barnes he like fell down and LeBron had the ball. He was going out of bounds. He was trying to hit Scotty Barnes with the basketball. You should look it up. He, he jumps and, and like spikes the ball with all of his force at Scotty's face. And you know what? Courtesy to Scotty Barnes. I'm glad he didn't get upset and didn't get ejected or anything like that. I guess you've made it in the NBA if LeBron James is getting mad at you. But anyways, I digress. That was a, a an interesting play to say the least. But LeBron James still leading the NBA in scoring. I believe he's 37 years old. 36-37. Gosh, LeBron is... is uh, timeless and uh has been a, a boon to mooch's squad the skyhooks uh the bombers have made a very impressive climb up the standings they've been in the top six for a long time don't get me wrong but the bombers have gone from kind of that like four five six range to the number three spot right now but again unless something really changes it kind of looks like it'll be skyhooks and owls for the top two spots um but the rest of the conference is pretty tight right i mean from the bombers to the brigade i know that bombers are 20 games back and the brigade are 32 games back if you look at that graphic but they're they're not that many games separating each franchise as you go down right i mean you look even look at the teams in the red the underdogs are just a game out the goat are just what five games out those are things easily overcome right uh the goat unfortunately got some bad news today and again that'll be something we talk about at the end but it certainly seems like ben simmons will not be playing a whole lot of regular season games and that was one of the bigger trades in the ufba this season ben simmons um with i think it was something like a herniated disc which uh, i'm not a doctor 
doctor, but that sounds very painful. So I guess Ben Simmons wasn't faking it when he was injured for Philly, or at least maybe he was downplaying it. Who knows? But at the very least, uh, Ben Simmons is uh, is probably not going to be suiting up for many fantasy basketball teams uh, in the regular season, at least. But I think uh, we're all hoping to see him play at some point just to see what he looks like playing next to Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Um, let's move on to some other stuff as well. I wanted to get to the UFBA futures auction, uh, which happened this past week. And, uh, oh, pardon me, uh, the futures auction actually is here. Uh, nope, that's standings. These are the futures auction. So here, let's go to the futures auction. Uh, still learning how to do all the Twitch sources, right? But anyways, here you go. So it was it was a pretty fun weekend. It, was, it took place pretty much over the course of the entire Saturday. Uh, you can kind of see here, this is the little graphic that our, our friend Michelle, who is, makes some fantastic graphics, the UFBA standings, I made that one and Michelle made this one. You can tell the difference in quality because Michelle does a very, very fine job of what she does. Uh, this is the kind of recap article. You can see it on, up on there, uffsports.com um, slash news, and then you can find all the various, there's a whole ton of ones for all the various different sports. Um, but yeah, this is the kind of the recap of uh, all of the different spendings. I believe there were 11 scouts overall that bought 115 prospects. Four did not sell. They went back onto the open market and the open market, as you can kind of see in this graphic, we'll talk about that more in detail in a sec, but uh, the graphic, uh, that, that the new one is, is updated because the, the open market opens on, on Monday. Uh, but uh, a lot of really interesting, a lot of really interesting prospects were bought by the 11 scouts on, uh, on uh, on Sunday on Saturday, pardon me. I've got a list here of all the the more interesting ones, and I I gotta say, each scout probably bought someone who is going to go pretty highly in the NBA draft in June, and thus in the UFBA entry auction to actual franchises, which would take place shortly after that as well, right? So if you look here, a uh, Christian Claremont, who is the new GM of the Renegades, with Stefan Hoffman, who was my guest a couple of episodes ago, Ochai. Uh, Agbaji, pardon me, um, was purchased for $150, and Ochai is probably someone who, if I had to guess, is going to be a top 15 pick, right? And I mean, I don't know for sure. I mean, you never really know how these teams go with these kinds of things, right? Like last year, for example, when it was Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Green, Scotty Barnes, Jalen Suggs, you kind of knew in some fashion they were going to be the top five picks, and this year the top three picks will probably again be in some fashion Jabari Smith, Paolo Bancaro and uh, Chet Holmgren, right? And I mean, Chet Holmgren could easily be the number one pick. And maybe, I don't know. I don't think what he does with Gonzaga this this March Madness is going to change too, too much. Either way, at the worst, he's going to be a, a third, third overall pick. And at best, the first overall pick, right? So, um, but Agbaji, I think, is going to be a fantastic player. 150 bucks uh, is not bad at all. Um, Indira S bought a number of players that I think will probably be lottery picks. You got Blake Wesley here for 110 bucks. Marjan Beauchamp for 110 bucks as well. Dyson Daniels, EJ Liddell, Tari Eason for $80. That's going to be a steal. Tari Eason could easily go in the top 15 to 20 as well. So I like that one. Uh, Trevor Keels, JD Davidson, and Wendell Moore. Uh, I think it's Wendell Moore Jr. Actually, I don't know why I wrote Wendell Moore here. But uh, either way, I mean, all of all of Eason, Keels, Davidson, and Moore all going for $80 or less. So those are pretty good steals and uh, a pretty good way for scouts to make a quick buck as well. Because I would say by and large, uh, the UF, UFBA futures auction was, uh, generally speaking, pretty affordable if you wanted to get into it. Um, Joanne Maud, who is uh, the wife of Brian Maud, as, as far as I as far as I know, the Maud family getting involved here on the UFBA platform. Jabari Smith for eight ten. Of course, I mean that's a little more, but of course Jabari Smith is going to be probably a 
probably a very good player, a star player at some point in the NBA, especially if he's given a lot of minutes in fantasy basketball wise. 810 bucks USD for Jabari Smith. Jaden Ivey, 525. I believe the mods registered 37 players overall, which is very impressive. So uh, very good stuff by the mods. Um, some other players, Shaden Sharp, Chet Holmgren I mentioned as well. Um, Derek Whitehead. Uh, you know, I, the Chet Holmgren pick, I gotta, I gotta focus on this one for a little bit. Like I said, Gonzaga star. Gonzaga is largely expected to go very high in the tournament this year, so or very far in the tournament this year. Pardon me. And uh, Holmgren was purchased for two hundred and fifty-five dollars. Like I'm, I'm, I'm surprised because. Uh, the other, the other top three guys, Bankero went for six sixty five to John Sullivan, which is another tidy piece of business. And like I mentioned, Jabari went to 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 Mod as well for eight ten. I'm surprised. Maybe everyone fell asleep or like everyone's computers froze because Chet Holmgren is going to make a very nice profit. I mean, maybe maybe uh, the mods will be able to purchase him themselves if they have a high enough draft pick in the UFBA entry auction. But given like the way it works in a nutshell, we'll explain this more a little later on this year, but the way it works in a nutshell, essentially, is uh, the scouts buy a player, and then you hold, like this, let's say I'm the scout, I hold Chet Holmgren until you, the team owner, buy that player in the entry auction, and then I get 90% of what you pay for that guy, and then 10% goes to the, pri uh, the platform, right? So, that you know, Chet Holmgren going for two fifty five. He may or may not be a star in the NBA, but I believe he is going to be a very productive player in twenty twenty two. So that's a nice piece of business. Um, John Sullivan, I mentioned him already by, buying Bankero. Um, also bought Amani Bates for two hundred and fifty bucks. Uh, Keontae George, who I think will be a good player, not this year but next year. Um, twenty twenty three draft prospect, eighty five dollars, not bad at all. Um, Luca Cesaretti and Luca, I really hope I didn't mispronounce your name, so I apologize if I did. Our pals in Italy, um, Johnny Davis, who has really played himself into a top 10 top 12 spot like probably top 10 let's be real he has been absolutely phenomenal like if you had asked me where johnny davis was going and you'd asked me this at the beginning of the nba season in like september october i would not have said top 10 but he has over the course of the season played himself into that spot so even 300 bucks for him is pretty good but i mean that's that's very impressive stuff by uh, by john johnny davis and also by luca for getting him for that much um johnny juzang is mike's uh mike marth who is the gm and part, part owner of of the Bombers, who we talked about earlier. Um, Johnny Juzang plays for UCLA. I uh, love this pickup for 25 bucks. That is amazing. So, uh, Mike, you should be very proud of that one. I'm also very happy that Mike Marth purchased Mike Miles for $20. It seems very appropriate. I was, I, I was gonna, I, I think I did post that in the chat, so I apologize if you're seeing this joke twice, but uh, at the same time, just, it was, it was notable, so I figured I had to mention it. And uh, a couple of the other scouts here, um, I got Nick Taylor and Tony Fox buying a number of prospects as well. Nick Taylor, I believe, is associated with, uh, with the Redbacks, I think, uh, but either way, Nick did a fantastic job. Victor Wembenyama, who was the, the number one pick in the uh, auction. He was the first guy purchased with the number one spot, the number one draft spot, because of course, you Technically, you're not buying players, right? You're buying a spot, and then the player, you select the player with the spot you bid on, essentially, right? So Victor Wembenyama, who is probably going to be a superstar in the NBA, he is eligible for the 2023 draft. He went for 710 USD, so that's a fantastic pickup um, by Nick and the Redbacks. A Scoot Henderson, another player who is uh, very likely to go in 2023, a G League prospect, and then you got Keegan Murray uh, for 250. And Keegan, I got to say, I think Keegan actually today got injured. Iowa star, he got, I think he rolled his ankle in one of the games. They might still be playing right now, actually, as we're doing this. But uh, Keegan Murray, I mean, again, another guy that had we had this discussion about where he was going, 
hmm, maybe in the summer last year or in the in the fall or so, you know, you probably wouldn't have said he was going very highly. But again, an absolute star, and uh, I expect him to be drafted very highly as well. And uh, Tony Fox, Benedict Mathurin, who is a Canadian, and I'll never pass up an opportunity to mention Canadians. Uh, so I like that one. 455 USD for Benedict, and uh, he has been uh, just absolutely revelation this year. I believe it's for Arizona, but uh, yeah, he has been... Uh, really played very, very well. I expect him to go in the top 10 as well in the NBA draft. And uh, A.J. Griffin, Ty Ty Washington Jr. being uh, two of the other four players that Tony bought. 285 for Griffin and 180 for Ty Ty. So there's a lot of like a lot of interesting ones here. The overall amounts, um, I believe it was just under, just over, pardon me, $11,000 USD that ended up going for all the 115 players. And like I mentioned, now that we are... Uh, done the futures auction, done the inaugural futures auction. The next thing that's happening is the open market. And uh, why don't we take a look at the dates for that? There's the, uh, that is the, uh, the, here's the open market thing. I can't talk and do things at the same time. That was the article for UFFsports.com. And these are the new, this is the new graphic that Michelle so kindly put together for me. So you can see it there, March 21st, 2022, 6 p.m. Any player without NBA experience born between January 1st, 1987 and December 31st, 2003 can be registered for $20 USD worth of score coin. And um, there are some other restrictions as well. Just, I know this doesn't quite encapsulate all of the rules here because we did make a slight tweak to the, the rules after this graphic was created. But if you have any questions about it, you can always get in touch with me. Uh, my email is show at UFBA, uh, pardon me, show underscore UFBA at UFFsports.com. And uh, Daniele Franceschi, who is probably going to join me in the coming weeks since March Madness is going on right now. Uh, Daniele is going to join me and we'll talk some more uh, college ball. We'll get into the open market. Um, we'll see who the top ads are on at 6 p.m. Eastern on Monday, and then we can kind of get into all of the various, uh, the next steps as to how scouts will be involved in the platform, because I'm, I'm very pleased to have launched the scouting aspect of the UFBA platform. Um, so there you go. So if you have any questions, again, you can get in touch with me, um, but basically it allows you to register any player that is eligible to be registered that wasn't purchased on the open market. There are some pretty good players too, like um, Julian Strother is probably someone who I don't think was bought. J.J. Starling, uh, I believe John Butler is another one. Uh, Orlando Robinson. There, like, there are a number of players that I think, and, and those are just, what, four or five guys that pro that will probably be registered, probably get drafted this year, probably other guys. I think Butler actually is a 2023 prospect, but um, there, are, there are a whole ton of guys out there. So again, get your guys in for 6 p.m. And the way it works is at 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, right away, I can log in onto the back end of the UFF Sports website and I can see who and when has been registered, right? So if let's say uh, Daniele registers, yeah, let's say, uh, let's choose someone who was already, <clears throat> excuse me, who was already uh, auctioned. If uh, Daniele decides to register, you know, a Benedict Mathurin, let's just say, let's say he didn't he didn't go and, and you wanted to register him and you register him at 558, I will see that, and I will click reject. There's a nice little yellow button. I wish it was red, but it's yellow. There's a nice yellow button, and click reject. I will do it. I'm not afraid to liberally use that button. So just keep that keep that in mind uh, when we uh, when we do that. Um, but yeah, that's how the open market works. And then uh, it'll once I click approve, it'll take the it'll take the money out of your account, uh, scorecoin wise. Um, Let's look at the uh, UFWBA franchise auction as well. That starts tomorrow, okay? That starts tomorrow. The minimum bids are $500 USD. There'll be 12 franchises auctioned. So not a lot of spots, right? As, as we say, these things like to mirror the real life 
UF, uh, the real life sports. So the UFWBA will be mirroring the WNBA, which starts in May. Um, Kevin Lewis will join me on a future episode as well. And I believe right now he is doing a Twitter spaces to talk about the more finer points of the franchise auction, but that'll run all weekend. So if you can't make it tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern, then uh, you can still head over to basketball.uffsports.com slash auction, and then you will be able to uh, register any bids you want, right? So uh, $500 are the minimum bids. I believe the minimum increments are $50. And um, if you're thinking about registering a bid, but you're not sure... I would recommend you still register your bid as soon as possible because in the event of ties, let's say you do win, um, let's say I register a bid at 458 and you register a bid at 459, then my bid, if we if we both get franchises, my bid will result in me getting the higher draft pick because the higher you bid, the higher draft pick you get. So the number one overall bidder, number one overall draft pick, the 12th overall bidder, the 12th overall draft pick, and so on, right? So uh, that's how that works. And uh, once we kind of settle things on the 20th, which is Mon um, which is Sunday, pardon me. Uh, once we settle things on the 20th, we will be able to, you know, we'll process all the payments and we'll get into the owner's chat and uh, kind of be able to determine what the next steps are in terms of dates for drafting your rosters and looking at the futures auction and getting scouts involved and all those kinds of things that are crucial to the success of the UFWBA. So keep that in mind as well. Again, $500 uh, minimum bid for the uh, for each franchise and $50 minimum increment increases. And again, that goes live tomorrow at 7 p.m. Eastern on uh, basketball.uffsports.com. Um, why don't we take a quick look before we go? Because I'm, you know, I was told maybe we treat this as a pilot episode here on uh, of UFBA today. We're gonna have a guest next week, like I said, probably Danielle. Talk some more March Madness, but I did want to get to one kind of, uh, one kind of uh, news and notes thing, and it was kind of one we talked about already, and you can kind of see it here. Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, an irritated. Irritation of the L4 disc of the lower spine and hope he can remain for a couple of regular season games prior to the Eastern Conference playoffs. Story soon. Um, that sucks, right? Like I mentioned off the top. Man, can you imagine trading all that, all those pieces for Ben Simmons? And yikes, right? So the other, the other funny thing is too, is that when, uh, when, where's the other one here? Here it is. So let's look at the standings real quick because I wanted to get into this before we go. When the the Nets traded. Uh, for Ben Simmons, they also got Seth Curry. And Seth Curry, I'm not saying the 76ers are frauds by any means, because Joel Embiid has played very, very well. Um, and in the UFBA, he has been a boon to the lucky 13s. But I just... He's probably going to win MVP. Nikola Jokic is the other guy who I think you could probably make the argument for MVP, right? And, and I mean, Jokic plays for the Aviators, and it has been absolutely phenomenal. You see the kind of passes Nikola Jokic makes for a big man, right? The guy is just absurd. But for, even though Embiid is probably going to win MVP, the lack of Seth Curry for this Philadelphia offense, I know Tyrese Maxey has looked pretty good next to James Harden. Like to, Not to everyone's surprise, but I think to everyone's... Um, Delight, maybe. Uh, he has looked really good. Matisse Thibel has looked pretty good as well. But generally speaking, without Seth Curry, who is a pretty good shooter, he's no Steph, but without without Seth, the Philadelphia offense has looked... I don't know what the right word is, like different. It just looked, it looked a little a little more sluggish at times. And I'm not sure, like the spacing for all of these guys has looked a little bit off, I feel like. Anyways, 
Generally speaking, um, the 76ers are obviously still a very good team. And against teams that don't have true centers, I mean, I mentioned the Raptors before, they don't have a true center. I'm as good as Scotty Barnes is and as good as Pascal Siakam is. Teams that don't have true, true centers will probably struggle against Joel Embiid because he and James Harden seem to have very good chemistry, the pick and roll and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, without Ben Simmons... I mean, and, and specifically Seth Curry, the, the Philadelphia offenses look kind of out of whack. The Brooklyn Nets, by the way, they don't look terrible. It's just, I almost feel like a conspiracy theory of like maybe the Nets want to get into the play-in just so they can knock off one of the top teams. Although, I don't know if the New York mandate for unvaccinated players is going to change because that is something that could impact these playoffs. We just saw Kyrie Irving, unvaccinated Kyrie Irving, drop 60 points. That's probably one of the best offensive performances I've ever seen. That was from a couple nights ago and Kyrie you know he can't play in Canada so if they play the Raptors in the play-in or in you know in, in another round he wouldn't be eligible to play and as it stands right now the state of New York doesn't allow you know indoor outdoor kind of things they just set it for the Yankees as well Aaron Judge and other players are not are not vaccinated as well so they can't play at home in the state of New York and they can't play elsewhere. So in baseball, Judge can't play in New York and Toronto, two of the places he's going to play most this season. And Kyrie can't play in Toronto and can't play in New York as well. It seems like that's... For, I understand the, the consternation on that, but it's just for the sake of the NBA playoffs, I want to see Kyrie Irving play with Kevin Durant. Don't you? I mean, I, I want to see him do ridiculous things. Even if, let's say the Nets... The, thing, the way it stands right now, if you look at the standings, Raptors in the 7th seed, Nets in the 8th seed. Let's just say those are the two teams, for the sake of argument, that come out of the play-in. That means the Heat would take on the Nets, and the Bucks would take on the Raptors. Um, that would be a wild Bucks-Raptors matchup after what we've seen, especially in that 2019 season. I know the Raptors are not the same team, but I, I get it. But uh, the Nets in Heat in the first round, and Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving potentially squaring off against Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo and Kyle Lowry and so on. Man, I would love to see that, both in Brooklyn and in Miami. So I, I do you hope things change uh, relatively speaking soon. Um, but yeah, we talked a little bit about the Sixers. The Boston Celtics have been playing like a team reborn, um, specifically with Jason Tatum just doing Jason Tatum things, man, right? That man has been like a, like a player possessed. It's been very impressive to watch, despite the fact that I, generally speaking, don't really care all that much for the Boston Celtics. The Bulls and Cavs have kind of fallen off. Remember just a couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago, the Bulls were at the top of the Eastern Conference tied with the Miami Heat and the Cleveland Cavaliers were in that top four spot. They're basically tied with the Raptors right Right now and Jared Allen I believe is injured um, Darius Garland and Evan Mobley I'm sure can carry the load for a little while but again generally speaking uh, we'll have to see if uh, there's any more slippage there right I think there's some still again like we said many times on this on the show today there's still a lot of basketball left to be played right um, and I, yeah I mean outside of that I, I don't think anyone's really counting on the Washington Wizards and Knicks and so on to be uh, regular contributors or let's say in the NBA playoffs although can you believe that there was actually a time this season when the Wizards and Knicks were like the top two teams or like in the top four or something absurd like that, which is which is crazy. I will say, um, as much as I like to see the Knicks fail, generally speaking, it is better for the sport of basketball for the Knicks to be good. It's just that it, it, it just is, right? Like New York is probably like the mecca of basketball, probably like in the country, I would say, right? Even, even, even pre, like their success predates kind of the Lakers, right? And, and the, you know, there's the whole winning time. I was going to say documentary. It's not a documentary. The winning time uh, TV show, HBO show um, does kind of go into depth with the Lakers. I would love to see something like that for the early Knicks and the, even before the Patrick 
Patrick Ewings and so on, right? I just the Knicks sucking sucks because basketball is better when the Knicks are good, right? I mean, remember the whole Bing Bong thing at the beginning of the year? I would love to see that on a regular basis because it makes the theater of the NBA that much more fun. And then let's take a quick look at the Western Conference. The Suns are just running away with things. The Warriors, um, Steph Curry did apparently get injured last night. Although after the MRI, I think I was uh, I, I was I was seeing on social media from someone like Adrian Wojnarowski and others that uh, he is expected back before the end of the regular season. He is their star. They're going to take it easy. But I mean, maybe Clay Thompson, now that he is back, can carry the load. And uh, he's been pretty good in in his action as well, right? Jordan Poole has also been very good this season as well. So maybe in Steph Curry's absence, Clay and Jordan Poole can uh, pick up the slack. Uh, but the Suns have been very good, obviously, all season long. Um, that There was that bidding war in the UFBA for Bismack Biombo, and he has been fantastic as well. So um, I, I got to say, uh, the Phoenix Suns have been uh, very, very good. Um, Memphis Grizzlies, we've talked about John Morant before as well, and John Morant is just so good. He is so much fun to watch. And the uh, Street Spirits, I'm sure, are very pleased to have him on their team. Um, I don't know if he's... Like, we talked about Embiid and Jokic already. I don't think I don't think John Morant is is uh, winning any awards this year. But at the same time, he is so good. It's uh, difficult not to want to watch him play. Uh, the Jazz and the Mavericks and Nuggets still fill, kind of filling out the Western Conference. You know, I... Again, the, there are a lot of fantasy-relevant players on all three of those teams, notably guys like, uh, I don't know, Mike Conley, I suppose, lesser, lesser so, right? Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell and so on. Luka Doncic, certainly, for the uh, Dallas Mavericks. And the Arctic Wolves uh, love having Luka on their team, I'll tell you that. Um, and the Denver Nuggets, obviously, Jokic and so on, and he plays for the Aviators. But... I don't know. The, the Western Conference is pretty stacked this year, whereas the Eastern Conference, you could probably pick any team to come out of that top six, top eight. But I mean, if, if the Suns are not the team in the Western, uh, in the NBA Finals coming out of the West, something has gone horribly wrong, right? Like some something has happened. Like I'm not even talking about an upset. Like someone has gotten injured or something because I, like, I, I guess you could see the Grizzlies, if, if things go perfectly their way, I suppose you could see them upsetting things. Maybe Jamal Murray, who was, who was assigned, I think, to the minor league affiliates for the, the uh, Denver Nuggets recently. Maybe he comes back and dominates. Maybe that's what happens. Maybe the Denver Nuggets do actually put up more of a fight and, uh, and, and come out of the West. But you know what I mean? Like something has to go really right for those teams to come out of the West where something has to go <laughs> really wrong for the other teams. But anyways, that's kind of a fun look uh, at the various standings across the NBA, the UFBA, which we did off the top, and uh, all the things in between. So don't forget, just kind of as a quick recap, because we're going to wrap up here. Don't forget, the uh, UFBA... Uh, open market starts on Monday, March 21st. That opens at 6 p.m. Eastern. So if you want any of the uh, various players, you can submit them that way. If you have any, if you're if you're curious as to whether a player is eligible or not, you can always get in touch with me. Um, we do a lot of our stuff for UFF Sports and for the UFBA on Telegram. So I would very much recommend joining the Telegram chat. Um, and again, you can get in touch with me as well uh, if you're not if you're not sure as to how to do that. But a lot of the information that is put out for the various leagues, not just the basketball, but all of them are on Telegram. So I heartily recommend joining Telegram. Uh, and uh, so that's the open market. And the uh, UFWBA franchise auction, again, starts tomorrow, Friday, March 18th at 7 p.m. Eastern. And that runs all weekend until Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern. So a lot of chances for people to get involved. Again, only 12 franchises, just like the UFWBA, if, or pardon me, just like the WNBA. If there ever is an expansion, cross my fingers, one comes to Toronto in the not too distant future. If there ever is an expansion, there will be an expansion franchise draft for the UFWBA as well, because the goal will all 
always be to mirror one-to-one to real life as much as humanly possible, right? But that's obviously a conversation uh, for down the road. But either way, thank you for being along with me on this um, uh, maiden voyage on Twitch for me at the very least. I hope you enjoyed at least a little part of this at some point. Um, I love talking basketball. I love talking sports. You can tell I love to talk, generally speaking. Uh, But again, thank you for listening. And uh, we'll be back next Thursday. Uh, My friend Dean will be doing uh, an inside the UFLB Twitch stream as well to do this kind of thing. But for baseball, that's on Friday tomorrow at some point. Uh, So look out for that. And Jamie Thomas will be back on Monday to continue the Legends of the Gridiron. Um, Ross will also be joining us at some point this weekend to talk about horse racing as well, betting on some ponies. So a lot of of stuff going on on the Twitch channel. In the not-too-distant future, we're going to be making a lot more regular appearances. Guests will be coming on. Athletes will be coming on. I heartily recommend staying right here um, with the Ultimate Fantasy Sports Network and, of course, UFF Sports. So for them, um, I'm Show Ali. Thank you for listening, and I will talk to you again next week.